Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we are ready to roll today. Our cup runneth over. I've got the quarterback draft class. I've got an NBA blockbuster trade. I've got the biggest loser in the NFL, and I have the worst website in the history of sports. Come on now, let's do this. Only one place to start. All right, and the only one place we can start here is with my guys who are good enough to hang out with us in studio. Uh, Jeff Saturday and Dominique Foxworth are here to give us the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And I will just make sure everyone who needs to be is aware that I cannot hear anything whatsoever. So if there's anything that would require that, uh, we're going to be out of luck. But I can hear these two guys because they're sitting in the room with me and I'm delighted to have you here. And guys, let's start with the Monday night game last night and what it meant. The Rams with a statement win. Dan Graziano on Get Up this morning called it maybe the most important win of the season. Jeff Should we be talking about the Rams now when we talk about the best teams or the Super Bowl contenders in the NFC? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, this was a must win for them. When you think about when when you compare what they've done, they haven't beat a good football team really since Tampa in week three. So the the, the importance of this game uh, can't go under discuss. When you think about the way they won the game as well, they were very physical, both lines of scrimmage. Their defensive line flat out terrorized Kyler Murray. I think he had 26 pressures. That just, this is a team that gave up 216 yards of rushing the first time they played them. So when I think about how they won and that they won, they answered the call at the biggest moment. And we talked about the Bills had the opportunity. They didn't do it, right? So when teams get these opportunities, they got to make the most of them. The Rams made the most of it last night. They showed up with a plan, and then that plan had to change, which is even more impressive for the Rams. So, like, they found out five hours before the game started. They're going to be without two of their best players, including maybe the most versatile and best defensive back in the league. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey so that I think is impressive when you when you have like a, a sudden change like we're having right here today yes. you, have, you get some trouble you don't know what's happening my earpiece ain't working yeah. can the team come and spring into action and make things work the Rams were able to do it we'll see if we're able to do it today now one of the things that I think was the most interesting there were a million subplots to this game but the one I enjoyed talking about most on TV today was Odell Beckham. So the last time Odell Beckham caught touchdowns in three consecutive games, he was playing for the New York Giants. He then had an entire tenure in Cleveland in which that never happened, and now he's been in L.A. for 15 minutes, and he's caught touchdowns in three consecutive (laughs) games. What should we extrapolate from that, Dominique Foxworth? I think a lot of the focus is going to go on Baker, and maybe Baker deserves some of the blame for why he wasn't able to find success with Odell Beckham. But I think more of it should go on the coaching staff. I like it. And I think that the coaching staff, uh, they both run similar offenses. They're all like derivative of the Shanahan yeah. zone blocking scheme. Like McVay and Stefanski are similar. But somehow McVay's figured out a way to create plays that don't necessarily fit perfectly into – like the traditional zone block and play action scheme, but he's got a guy who's special. And he's like, yes. hey, you know what this guy does really well? He runs slants. Let's do that. That's right. Let's just get him the ball and let him make things happen. And it's not like we never saw that happen. Like I remember last year, Beckham, they were, he ran that reverse yeah. against um, the Cowboys. It was yeah. incredible. It just feels like when you have guys like that, get them the ball, and sometimes it doesn't have to fit into your offense. It's just like the same way you might put a trick play in. That's right. Yeah, it's not built on your offense, but, hey, we got, we got a, a, a trick player. Let's get him yeah. the ball. Every, every great offense has scripted plays for players, right? You always hear people say it in, in the biggest moments it's about players, not plays. 
what Sean McVay is doing for OBJ is he's giving him the touches that he requires to get into the rhythm of the game and be impactful in the game. That's what he never had in Cleveland. And it's not just about the, the quarterback. So I'm glad you brought that up, Dominique, because that's a fact, right? Is that when you think about how important getting players into the rhythm of the game is, that's a coaching staff issue. And so when you think about what OBJ has done with Sean McVay, and this dude's only been there a month. Like to understand this <laughs> all in a month, no yeah. training camp, no reps with Matthew Stafford, you know, go, go on with a, with a laundry list of why this shouldn't be as impactful as it is. And now you're looking at three touchdowns in three weeks. Very big deal it's, it's, for, the, for the Los Angeles Rams. It's almost like it's better that he doesn't know the offense. Yeah. He come in and he's like, you know what? We're not going to try to teach you all this stuff. You know how to run a slant? Yeah. yeah. You know how Got to run it. a comeback? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know how to run a dig? They're going by We're, numbers yeah. on the route tree. <laughs> they just said, Beckham, don't worry about nothing. This play blocked. That play, I want you to run a six. That's can you right. run a six? Yes, I can do that, coach. <laughs> yes. And he yes. does it and he gets open. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. And that sort of does dovetail however much we want to pin the blame directly on Baker Mayfield, we know that a lot of it came directly from Odell's dad. I mean, Odell's dad thought (laughs) Baker was the problem, and he wasn't afraid to let the world know he felt that way. I think you could make an argument that no player in the NFL has had a worse season than Baker Mayfield. When you consider where he was last offseason, yeah. he was going to get the huge money. They were He was going to take one more step forward. This was going to be a Super Bowl team. Instead, they are as disappointing as any team in the sport. If their division wasn't so mediocre, they'd have been hopelessly out of it by now. And I think there are real questions if I'm running the Browns, about whether or not I'm writing an enormous check to Baker yeah, Mayfield, and, would and, you? Yeah, Andrew Barry, the, the general manager, has a – this is a very difficult situation because you thought by taking away OBJ that all of a sudden he would flourish, which he has not in this offense. He's been banged up. You saw him with that tackle. He hurt himself. Like this whole year, he, quote, bet on himself. And the bet ain't looking so good, right? right. I mean, you're still a little – the jury's still out. But, man, this thing has gotten ugly. It's, and without them coming back and winning this division – it's going to be real ugly. Maybe this is too early for a take this hot, but it's possible that this works out in the Browns' favor. Because I think if Baker has a great year this year, it is a result of that running game being dominant, and it's not a result of Baker Mayfield being awesome. Then they are forced into paying Baker Mayfield way more than he is worth. Maybe this situation ends up with them signing Baker to what Baker deserves, like a mediocre quarterback contract, yeah. not a, a record-breaking contract, a contract that but, allows them to keep the talent that they have on this team together. So it's possible that in the long run, this works out. The worst possible thing is that Baker has an MVP caliber season on the strength of Nick Chubb's running ability, right. and then they're like, oh, we got to sign him to farm now. Two thoughts. You know who's been saying that the entire year is Mike Tannenbaum. you really? got to give him yeah. credit. Tannenbaum Ooh, has been right on, he's he's been right on a sometimes. bunch of stuff, yeah. and he was right about that all along. Our, our friend Orlovsky once upon a time said don't pay a good player great player money and Tannenbaum has been saying that for a while about Baker the other thing very quickly is it does dovetail back to what Jeff likes to say they just need to run the football right (laughs) if they run you can have almost anyone handing the football to those guys if you run it you ain't got them pay him $50 million to turn around and go like this. You know, just hand that ball off. Pay him $25 million. He's still really rich, and your team's much better for it. I like the attitude. Dan's, Greeny's learning. Dan's line about not playing a good player great money, it's great. It sounds good. But let's remember, he was talking about Dakota Prescott. That's correct. Right. That is the most absurd thing. No one should be allowed to say that. That is a we, – we need to bury that foolish take, put it in the grave, and have a funeral for it because he's a 
great player, and Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott should not be in the same conversation because no. I'm not even sure Baker should – well, he's not playing like a good player right, right. now. I think mediocre is the kindest we can be to him right I, now. I think that's right. And and it, it was interesting. I, I didn't think of it, or I hadn't thought of it until we started talking about Odell today. All three quarterbacks he's had, his primary three quarterbacks, yeah. were the first pick in the draft. He had Eli, he had Baker, now he's got Stafford. And the one in the middle is – it's just – noticeably different the way it has at least the way it has turned out for Odell obviously I'm not going to be in support of somebody's dad coming out and kind of embarrassing one of one of his teammates right I'm going to say that I, I I would never do it but I understand yeah, like Odell Beckham was on Hall of Fame track, and now it kind of feels like. And again, we're not going to put it all on Baker that that he's been thrown off of that Hall of, Hall of Fame trajectory in part because of being traded to Cleveland, like. I would be furious if I was Odell or his dad watching just years of my career, my prime being wasted. And, and, and yeah. as a result, he got him out. I mean, right. yeah. that's what that did. That yeah. video and, got him out. And, and what would we say, say? The stat. He had seven touchdowns in three years in Cleveland. He's got three in three weeks. <laughs> right. it, it shows you this is not about a player. This is about a system that's in failure in, in Cleveland. One more thing. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Jeff, you had a great passion on the subject of Urban Meyer and You know, I continue to say on this radio show, if this story with a person as high profile as Urban and a prospect as decorated as Trevor Lawrence, not only was he projected to be a great player, but he was like the most popular college player in the country for three years. If this was happening in any other media market, it would be the biggest story in the sport, what's going on there. And you had a real issue just with the way Urban Meyer walked off the field in that handshake. Yeah, when, when he shook, when he, the, the post-game handshake with Mike Vrabel, who, by the way, coached with him, right. so they have a relationship. That little, like, hands in the pockets, walking his facial expression, his countenance, was absolutely disgusting. Like, Listen, I played on a 2-14 and 14 team. Jim Caldwell was my head coach. He would never carry himself that way. No head coach, no leader of men or leader of anyone should ever have that type of body language. Like, we, we are failures. And he, as he's walking off, and that little, like, the little dead fish he threw out as a handshake like i'm giving my i'm I'm smacking my son hey man we don't do that right like we're gonna look a man eye. hey good job good game whatever and this isn't about sportsmanship this is about leadership when you walk back in the locker room think about if you're a 33 year old man who's played in the league 10 to 12 years that's what you want to come back to and coaching you absolutely not i got to have somebody who's encouraging who we're trying to build even in losses you can build a better organization this is obviously not happening in jacksonville and it aggravates me to no end yeah, no, I, I I can't say anything stronger than what you just said, but I do think that the point that you're making about, I think sometimes we make a little too much about body language and all this psychological stuff that we don't fully understand, but in that situation, it's hard not to, oh, uh, you're, you're looking to him. He's the star exactly. there. Everyone's looking to him, and when he comes in and word gets out that he's, He's kind of berating his coaches, calling them losers. Like, that's a hard thing to, to rally around. It's impossible to rally around. And, again, with, it, with kids, you rotate them in and out, and they're a little fear, fearful when you're in college. That ain't they're the not case. not a little fearful. You yeah. control their lives that's completely. Right. Right. Yeah. 
on the college. And by the way, in the NFL, you can't out-recruit him. And that's what he did so well at different programs. You can't out-recruit him. You got to out-coach him. That leads to his leadership again and getting and building and developing coaches and relationships with coaches that matter. And obviously, that's not happening in Jacksonville. And when you're not taking responsibility at the top, you can't expect other people to take responsibility. So he's not the only problem there. But what do I look like? I'm walking in the meeting room, and the coach is blaming other people. So I'm not going to be like, oh, man, maybe I need to stay a little extra, watch a little film Uh so that I can be prepared for third third and sixth situations. Like, no, I'm just going to blame somebody else. Get some more pressure. It's like it's like dodgeball. Everybody's duck, dodge, dodge, dodge. And he's saying that that example is tough. The idea that Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions this week would Mm -hmm. be an afterthought in the NFL just speaks to – the, the standing, I don't know what the right word is, in Jacksonville. And God bless you, everyone listening in Jacksonville. You love your team, you love your team, and I'm sure you're in tune with this. This should be the number one story in the yeah. sport. Yes. I mean, everyone, if this was, look how much we talked about Justin Fields. That was <laughs> right. like a tenth of this. Yes. Right? I mean, this is a million times worse. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for sticking around and bearing with everything in here. You're the absolute best. Uh, Greeny with you, reminding you that if you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent, but when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you get qualified candidates sent to you. Then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. Coming up next, Todd McShay is going to join us to say the last thing you were expecting to hear about the upcoming NFL draft. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My main man, McShay, will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline with his first McBoard of the season. Something I've loved for 15 years is talking to Todd McShay about the upcoming NFL draft. And I'm telling you right now, he's got five reasons you need to be listening. He's going to say the last five things you were expecting to hear when you hear from him in 30 seconds after this word from Zip Recruiter, if you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent for your team, especially when you're competing with other businesses to find the right people. So how can you get the hiring edge? Zip Recruiter. Next key marketing manager, Erin Hartchie, loves Zip Recruiter's invite to apply. She says, they get my job posting in front of the right people. I instantly see great candidates, and I can invite them to apply to my job. See for yourself. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. And with that, it is my pleasure to say good morning, Todd McShay. How are you, McShay? 
I'm doing great, bud. How are you? Well, I consider life pretty much the downtime between McBoards, so I'm very excited today <laughs> uh, as he, you have your first mock draft. Mock draft 1.0 is available on ESPN+, and I've been teasing all morning long. Uh, but we have five unexpected reasons why people are going to be interested. I feel like the conventional wisdom throughout this year has been, Todd, there are no quarterbacks. There are no quarterbacks in this draft. Well, how many of them do you have going in round one? Five, exactly as you mentioned. I, and it kind of surprised me, but I, I didn't have a quarterback in the top ten. That wasn't the surprise. It was, you know, typically it's so front-loaded with teams that need quarterbacks drafting in the top ten, and certainly there are. The Lions need a quarterback. They're picking at one. The Texans at number two, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson. Um, even as you look down, the Panthers at number six maybe the Falcons at number eight, but I I don't think anyone in this class belongs in the top 10. So usually you get past the top 10 and there's only two or three teams that need quarterbacks. That's not the case this year. I have Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, who reminds me a lot of Mac Jones in terms of just how advanced he is processing defenses and how quickly he can go through reads. He's not a mobile quarterback, but he's really good maneuvering inside the pocket and then the accuracy. So I think he's at pretty close to NFL ready right now. I had him going the Steelers at 12 with Roethlisberger, obviously getting set to, to retire as we believe at the end of the season. Then right after that, Washington, Matt Corral from Ole Miss was the pick. They obviously need a long-term answer quarterback. Corral had a great couple of seasons uh, in Lane Kiffin's offense. He's not very big. You worry about the durability. Can he hold up in the NFL? But he's tough. He's, he's a mobile quarterback. He extends plays. He's a threat to run. He's got a quick release, and he, he's mostly accurate throwing the football down the field. Then the Broncos at number 17, they've got to upgrade that position. Malik Willis, I gave them the Liberty quarterback going at that spot. In a, a conference, we talked about it on Get Up earlier, in a conference where you have Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, You've got to have a, a playmaker at, at the quarterback position to compete. And Willis is that. He's got great mobility. He can throw on the run and throw some unbelievable throws 30, 40 yards down the field when off platform. But he, he's still a little mechanical as a, as a passer and needs to develop. Then the Saints at 19 could move on from their quarterback situation. I gave him Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, who's just a, a winner. He's got a big arm. He's got some mobility. His accuracy is a little up and down, though, and that's why he, he lasts in 19. And then finally, the Lions, after not picking quarterback at one, get an opportunity with the, the pick at 25 that they got in a trade with the Rams to draft Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. And just, just for full transparency, Ritter and Howell have second-round grades, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but we always know these quarterbacks wind up getting pushed up. And it wouldn't shock me if we saw four or five, I think a minimum of three with Pickett, Corral, and Willis, but maybe four or five quarterbacks go in round one. This is McShay Willis on the Goodyear hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Again, a minimum of three and as many as five going in round one. And and as we touched on in Get Up, but I want this audience to hear it. If any of these guys were in last year's draft class, would any of them have crashed the top five? No. And, and I mean, I would have started at six. You know, Trevor Lawrence obviously goes number one. Zach Wilson goes to the Jets. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. If you compare all of my grades last year to the grades on the quarterbacks this year, I would have started with Penny Kick, uh, Kenny Pickett, I should say, as the first quarterback from this year's class to go, and that would be the sixth quarterback uh, off the board. So you're talking about Pickett, Corral, Willis, Ritter, Howell. 
all of those quarterbacks that I just mentioned earlier, they would be after Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Jones. Okay, fair enough. So, so that, that just gives everyone some perspective on where we are. And again, well, and that's you, why, yeah. not to cut you off, Greeny, but that, yeah. that's why it's so intriguing to me what happens with some of these veterans. You know, that, that's part of the big equation as well. Once the season ends, the question then becomes, where does Aaron Rodgers go? Is he in Green Bay or is he going somewhere else? How about Deshaun Watson? What's his future with all the, you know, the, the legal issues that he's dealing with? Is he leaving Houston? Can he play next year? Um, Russell Wilson, Seattle, is he going to move on from Seattle? And you have teams like the Lions picking at 1-25. in 25. Uh, the Panthers picking at six, and then even the Giants picking at five and seven. Do they want to move on from Daniel Jones, who's coming up on uh, potentially his, the last year of his deal? Uh, and then the Eagles. Jalen Hurts made a big improvement this past year, but do you believe that he can be the guy to lead you to a Super Bowl? I personally do not. And so I've got three picks from the Eagles in the, in the first round. Three. Talking about 10, as it stands right now, 10, 14, and 20. So three picks in that 10 to 20 range, that gives them a lot of ammunition if they want to go strike a deal for some um, the three veterans that I just talked about. So the quarterbacks in the NFL that are elite-level talents very much play a factor into how things are going to work and, and how many teams need quarterbacks when we actually get to the draft in April. I totally agree. And by the way, if you're interested in all of this stuff, as I am, um, then you need to be listening to the First Draft podcast. You guys are back, finally. It was months and months between podcasts, but they have a new episode up. <laughs> I'm called, glad you missed this, Green. Called, I love it. It's First Draft. It is McShay and Mel and Field Yates, and it's every week. Is it every week starting now? You guys are going to be on every week? We start. We start. We did one just uh, just last week, right. and then we start the first week in January, and okay. we do one every week leading up to and through right. the draft. Well, that got me all the way. I mean, I host the draft now, so that got me all the way through it. I mean, the, the, if you like this stuff, then they live in this stuff every minute of every day. Let me go to some of the quarterback situations you just mentioned, um, mm-hmm. and, and the first of them is with the Giants. So the Giants have an, an interesting decision to make with Daniel Jones. Do they pick up an option on him? Do they not? Do they, they move on from him completely? Um, how does that thing work? Does Dan, well, if Daniel Jones was in this group... I, I would have... Yeah. No, sorry. I didn't mean to tell you off. Well, no, but if Daniel I, Jones was in this group, McShay, how would that... You know, you were just saying... You know, because Jones was a prospect that most people didn't expect to go as high as he went either. So, like, how does he factor in with something like the Kenny Pickett's of the world? Yeah, I had a fringe first-round grade on Daniel Jones, right. and... You know, when he got to the draft, I wasn't shocked because I knew the Giants were, were very likely to take him. But when I first heard the news, I was stunned. I just didn't think Daniel Jones belonged anywhere near that. I think it was a sixth overall pick that they took him. But, you know, forget the past and forget what the draft grade was. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, he, yeah, he's talented and he, he's mobile. He can run. He's got a, a solid arm. He can be accurate at times. But turning the football over – not winning football games, and you, that's not all, all on his shoulders, but some of it is, and, and the inability to stay healthy, that scares me. Now, you know, if you're talking about a one-year deal, you know, just the, the final year, that option to pick up as a first-round pick, you get the, the fifth-year option, then fine. But I would strongly consider whether it's taking quarterback at, at you know, seven, the second of their two first-round picks, or as I mentioned before, I think the best option for the Giants would be to package those picks and whatever else you have to do to go get an elite quarterback. I would just feel so much better with, the, obviously, Rodgers, 
uh, Watson, if he's if he's if you think he's going to be able to play, and with uh, Russell Wilson, then I would obviously any of these quarterbacks in this class. But I would I would strongly consider drafting a quarterback like a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Corral to not only create competition right away, but also if Daniel Jones has another subpar season and isn't able to stay healthy, then you you can move on from him and you have his backup in place with a year of development already. Greeny, and, and we've got Todd McShay with us here. Hey, you can listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, a 10-part series exploring the impact of sports every day through the lens of Tom Brady's career. It's brought to you by State Farm. It's available wherever you get your podcast. I know you have a lot of stuff to do to make, today, McShay. You have another minute here? Yeah, of course. Good. Okay. I want to ask you about the quarterbacks in the league right now because you just said there were five guys that might go round one this year. We saw the five go last year, and the different directions that has all taken are fascinating to me. Let's start right at the top. This Trevor Lawrence thing is a disaster, and, and, and you cover the college game so closely, so you're well aware of Urban Meyer and everything else. And I was just saying off the top of the show, if this was happening in any other NFL city, the way things are going with Urban and the impact it may be having on Trevor Lawrence, who guys like you will say is, should be the next John Elway, like this should be the number one story in the sport. What do you make of what's going on there, the impact on Lawrence, and, and what are you seeing with that right now? It's surprising. You know, I, I, know, I know Urban Meyer very well. I mean, we, we talk on a regular basis, and I, I have a lot of respect, obviously, for what he's done at the college level and, and his understanding of the game and leadership and so on and so forth. Uh, but not everyone feels the same. And he, the big question was, when you're kind of the dictator, if you will, in college as a head coach, can you kind of adjust to the NFL when you're dealing with grown men who are making, in some cases, more money than you are and, and all that comes with, with that adjustment? And so far, the, you know, the answer has been no, he has not adjusted well. And I, I hate to say that as, as a friend of Urban's, but, you know, it, it's just it's black and white at this point. And so that has be, become a distraction for the entire team, including Trevor Lawrence. It also hurts that Travis Etienne has, has dealt with injuries, and he was their second pick and expected him to be a, a real impact player for them. They, when you're picking number one overall, you obviously have a lot of holes to fill, not just a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And early on, Trevor, I thought, struggled. But then he went through about a six, seven-game stretch where he was showing a lot of improvement. Even though the, the wins weren't piling up, he was showing improvement and now it's almost like he's leveled off. And so that makes you nervous. And that, that may not have anything to do with Urban, but it has to do with coaching and supporting cast. So I think whether it's Urban as the head coach next year moving forward or not, you've got to address the offensive coordinator position and really take a self-assessment on, uh, do we have the right guy here to develop Trevor, to put him in the right system, to give him the right reads, and to make the most out of this this talent that we all saw at Clemson, I mean, he has a chance to be elite, but he needs more around him, and he needs a better system in order to have that. Greeny and McShay. Then we get to number two, and, and for obvious reasons, you know how personal this one is for me. What, 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 what should we be saying right now about where Zach Wilson is at this stage of his first season? Well, it's a frustrating year. I mean, it's not anything like what you expected to see. But, I, you know, someone asked me this morning on, on, um, on the radio show about uh, are the Jets looking with two first-round picks? They, they're currently at four and, and nine in this mock draft. Are they considering taking a quarterback? Oh, first God. of all, I don't think there's a quarterback that you're going to find an upgrade. Kenny Pickett, I think, is the best of the group coming out of Pitt. He's not an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, we always knew that one of the concerns would be durability with his body type staying healthy. 
But I, I look at it a little bit differently. Like, you've got to have a, a New England Patriots-type approach with a rookie quarterback coming in and starting right away. And by that, I mean, watch Mac Jones. First several games, first really half of the season, it was a lot of, you know, outlet passes to the running backs. They were kind of slowing him into his role in that offense. They were not asking him to do too much. Third and 12s, it was screens. And, and again, outlets to the running back or short throws. They weren't going to ask him to, to go out and throw the ball 15, 20 yards down the field in those situations. you got to protect a rookie quarterback. The Jets did not, and it's in part because of play calling. They threw too much at him too fast and expected too much out of Wilson You know, from the start, from the get. I mean, week one. I was shocked at how much he was doing. And then secondly, you got to have a better supporting cast before you can make any kind of assessment. So if I'm Joe Douglas, it's, it's moving forward with Zach Wilson, no questions about it. Maybe at the end of year three, if we can now two more first-round picks and all the draft capital this year and next year, get some more supporting cast. And I mean offensive line, you know, skill position players that are actual playmakers and can make Wilson better, and then upgrading the defense that desperately needs upgrading and difference makers on that side of the ball, then I can make a judgment in, in after year three. But I am not, you know, parting ways and trying to go get a veteran quarterback or drafting a quarterback this year based off of one season where I threw him to the fire without the, the right cast around him. I, I mean, I thoroughly, I can't believe anyone's even talking that way, but this is the same collection of people that wanted to anoint Mike White the next great quarterback after one big game, so <laughs> right. whatever. Let me ask you about one more of the guys, because you just mentioned Mac Jones, and Trey Lance has you know basically not played. Let's talk about Justin Fields. It's been a weird year in Chicago. It's gotten a thousand times more attention than the Trevor Lawrence thing has through all the ups and downs. Where are you seeing him right now, and what is relative to what your expectation was? I view this year as a success because part of being a rookie quarterback is, is handling adversity. And he certainly has had a lot of that. There are a lot of turnovers. It's, it has been up and down with him, but that's kind of what you expect. And, and I think with Justin Fields, it's not only Fields adjusting to the NFL game and the speed of it, and, and also getting a more of an NFL style offense and having to go through progression reads a little bit quicker. And we knew, we said that coming out of Ohio state that, that was not one of his strengths. So he's, he's developing, you know, in, in live games and, and learning as he's going through, and that's a good thing. Uh, but also it's, it's getting a system that fits Fields and still kind of tweaking that as you move forward. I think Justin Fields has, has a bright future. I'm not saying he's going to be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league at any point, but I think he can be somewhere in that top 15, 17 range when it's all said and done and, and is talented enough to give you a chance to make a deep run into the playoffs if you get the right guys around them. Now, where's the organization going to be from a coaching staff and general manager moving forward? That remains to be seen. But whoever is making the decisions in Chicago, you have got to, A, continue to tweak the system to fit field strengths. And B, like in, in New York with the Jets, you've got to get better playmakers and more difference makers around field so that he can take advantage of what he does best, which is move around, and throw the ball accurately down the field to guys that can get some separation vertically. McShay, it is so good to have you back, my man. Again, the First Draft Podcast is must-listen if you're a draft geek like I am. And the first of the season's McBoards is available now, Mock Draft 1.0 on ESPN+. Thank you, McShay. We'll talk soon. All right, appreciate you, Greeny. All right, you're the best. Uh, We will continue in a moment. I'll give you five things about the NBA season 
that you should know a third of the way in. Plus, we got to hear from Nuno and Hembo what they think about what McShay just said about their respective quarterback situations. So we will be busy, and we will get to that after this word from Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, see what all the hype is about with their new guaranteed hot and crispy fries. We're talking real, natural cut potatoes, perfectly sprinkled in sea salt, guaranteed to be hot and crispy down to the very last fry, or they'll replace them. These aren't just the typical fries you add to a meal. These are fries worth adding a meal to. Abandon the old, cold, and soggy and head to Wendy's today where your fries are guaranteed to be hot and crispy at participating U.S. Wendy's and here on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier with more than 30 coverage options available. Progressive has you covered more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So the assembled members of the hashtag crew today include hashtag Hembo and hashtag Nuno. Bubba not here today as he is reinvoking the legendary TWT vacation strategy, <laughs> where he's the only person in the world who would take three days off in, in a week and make them the middle of the week. He's taking the TWT. So he worked Monday and he's working Friday. 
but he's not working Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And the first time he pulled the stunt, I, I want to say that you tried convincing me that there was something genius oh, there to is. it. And I couldn't there quite was a subtle genius. Why. Well, what you don't realize, Bubba is a genius. And, and I mean, I joke around a lot, but you are aware that long before Bubba came to ESPN and, and sort of fulfilled his lifelong dream of being a radio producer, uh, Bubba was actually a world-renowned mathematician. Right, that much is true. You won a Nobel Prize hmm. in calculus. And, and so he is a mathematical genius, uh, all kidding aside. And so what he calculated was that if indeed the weekend and the anticipation of such is the best thing about life, he has created multiple of them. So think about this. Last Friday Mm -hmm. was his last day of work. Then he had a couple of days off. He had that Friday feeling. Then he came in Monday. He had that Friday feeling because he had three days off coming. Mm -hmm. Then when he comes back on Friday, he will once again have the Friday feeling. So it's almost... Almost like taking nine consecutive days off. I'm being much too myopic in my approach to this. I'm only thinking about the days the, the days that I'm actually off. What Bubba is doing is transcending that. Right. He's thinking about his mindset on the days that he actually works. That is genius. But what, what Bubba is doing is playing chess, and you, my friend, are playing Parcheesi. Having said that, I want to go back to the conversation we just had with McShay, and let's. you heard what he said about your Giants, Nuno. Let me get your take on this. He would not take a quarterback as high. He does not think any of these guys are worthy of being taken as high as the Giants figure to be picking. So you have a couple of options. One, you try and trade back and get one of these guys later in the round. Two, you wait and see if any of them hangs around till round two. Three, you don't address this in the draft at all. And of course, I assume it goes without saying, if you can get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson out of all of this, that would be your first choice. So I'll give you the floor here. Nuno, what do you think? I do believe if you can't trade for one of these guys, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you... You're playing the long game, right? You just end up bringing in someone to compete with him. Like I said yesterday, maybe a Mitchell Trubisky. And who knows, because there, this draft is loaded with, I think, some really good defensive players and also some offensive line guys that maybe someone trades up and then you can you can flip one of the, your first-round picks this year for more draft capital next year, and you hope that next year that, you know, a Bryce Young, a something of that nature, you know, is the guy you go that route versus taking a chance on a Kenny Pickett or uh, a Malik Willis or, or something of that nature. Yeah, and, and you know, you just heard McShay go through how surprised he was that Daniel Jones was going to go where he was or where he ultimately went in the first place, so... They've got some big decisions to be made there. The Eagles, meanwhile, that's Hembo's team, have three first-round picks. You've got five quarterbacks here, none of which would be graded as highly as any of the guys in last year's draft. I didn't get a chance to ask McShay because we were running out of time. Where would Jalen Hurts' grade have put him in this? Because he wound up a second-round pick. Would you be in favor right now of the Eagles drafting any of these guys, Hembo? I would not. I do... Subscribe to the notion that stockpiling quarterbacks in the draft is smart business because you're just sort of taking, you're sort of throwing d- darts. You're 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 buying lottery tickets because when you're drafting a quarterback, they're so incredibly cheap if they wind up hitting. But that's part of the reason why I think they should not because Jalen Hurts still has two years and three and a half million dollars remaining on his rookie contract. And since the Eagles decided that we're going to start playing to his strengths, going back to that Detroit game about a month and a half ago, he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in all of football. So I want to see how he performs the rest of the season. But right now, I'm sort of in on building around Jalen Hurts and that rookie contract. So the specter of Rodgers will hover over all of this. 
maybe he decides to stay put. I think that has become increasingly likely as the season has gone on and some of the things that have happened have both on and off the field. Russell Wilson, I think, will be on the move. Mm -hmm. And if I had to bet on this, assuming Sean Payton remains in New Orleans, I think that's the likeliest place, the likeliest destination for Russell Wilson to go. I think he goes to New Orleans. The Deshaun Watson thing, I think, it's not even probably a good idea to speculate on any of this. I, I... I think it is not that likely that he's just eligible to play next year and there are no issues with any of that. Let's just leave that one to the side. The question then becomes, are there other quarterbacks who figure to shake loose who you might be considering? And and uh, Nuno just mentioned Mitchell Trubisky. There's Jameis Winston. Where's he going to be? Um, Garoppolo, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. There's Jimmy Garoppolo. Where's he going to be? Dare I ask... Is Baker Mayfield possibly going to be a guy who winds up somewhere else? You hit the nail on the head there. I was going to bring up Cleveland as being a team that might be a destination for Wilson or Rodgers or Watson. Obviously, that would render Mayfield tradable. But we've talked so much about how the, the, the Broncos are Aaron Rodgers away from being a Super Bowl favorite, right? Yeah. That's the Browns. The Browns might even have a better roster than those guys. If you, if you were to replace Baker Mayfield with one of those three quarterbacks, you can't convince me they are at least among the favorites to win the AFC. It is exceedingly clear he is holding them back. I, I, th- I think that's right. Good call. Um, I don't know if those guys would have interest in that or not. As far as the destination itself, we'll wait and see. We have much more on the football to come as we go. I'm going to get to some hoops as well. By the way, if you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent, but when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you get qualified candidates sent to you. Then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y now to try ZipRecruiter for free. To the hoop, we will go next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.